Welcome to the Depth of Cinema podcast. Bienvenido al podcast del Depth for Cinema. Depth of Cinema, the right place for film lovers. He loves movies and board games. He likes cooking gumbo for his friends and spending Sundays in his bathrobe. But most importantly, he's my neighbor and he recommends films. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Neighbor Recommends. Sorry if I'm shouting, but it's the pressure down here. Ah, ear pressure equalization. Ah, that's a bit better. Yes, so I'm on my way to my neighbor now in this cute little submarine as he got a job for RSPCA counting fish. Today we are going to talk about Wes Anderson's Life Aquatic 2004 and Wolfgang Petersen's Das Boot 1981. Yes, speaking of Das Boot, I feel a bit claustrophobic in here as well. But at least it's a beautiful journey and it gives me time to talk about my neighbor's last recommendation. Yes, last time I visited him before Christmas at the North Pole and I had already watched that masterpiece called Silent Night, Deadly Night. It then took me over a month to watch the highly anticipated Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. To be precise, I watched it on the last official day of Christmas, Candlemas. Ah, let's see who else. Okay, so what I can say about the comedy horror Christmas film 1987 by Lee Harry. Thanks, Lee Harry. Okay, I have to admit, the beginning was quite suspenseful and well made, and I said to myself, oh, that's promising. But I had my neighbor's words in my head that 45 minutes of the film are just a summary of the first one. But the first seven minutes and 16 seconds were not too bad. Okay, and what else was good? Sister Margaret, the house number 666 on the door of Sister Superior, the car stunt. Actually, thinking about the other stunts, an 80s stuntman had to be very skilled in falling backwards through windows and glass doors. Okay, so, and I thought, Ricky is actually a better killer than his brother Billy, because he only kills people who deserve it. But then, after sleeping with his girlfriend, he finds out that this was my first time. I thought it was Jennifer's too. Yeah, and he goes on to a killing spree. <laughs> Garbage day. <clears throat> it's the pressure down here. It's the pressure down here. Okay, other than that, what else was a little bit off? Why is he allowed to have a lighter and wander around in this mental institution's interrogation room? Why does the younger version of himself look the same age as his older version? It's a bit Tommy Wiseau-esque here. The amazingly written dialogue between this couple. I think you're gonna need a new shirt. Really? Why? What do you mean? And then he looks under her shirt. I mean, I see something I like. Lenny, you're such a pig. <clears throat> yeah, that's what you like about me, innit? But at least he got killed in the end. Okay, nevertheless, the most horrible thing to watch was that one of the most horrible characters in film history, Sister Superior, 
who I waited so desperately to be killed. She got killed, but was played by another actor. Not satisfying at all. <sighs> that pressure does something to my head. Conclusively, <coughs> I want to say I love the fact that my neighbor recommends those films, everything from Art House to Nut House, otherwise I wouldn't watch some of these movies. Oh, speaking of the devil, fish. Here he is. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, he can probably, he can't hear me. But hello, hello. Shall I come over there? Oh, uh, okay. I, I can't really hear what you're saying, but you, but you keep talking. You know what? I, I, I come to this door, okay? Yes. Hello, neighbor. Thanks so much again for inviting me. It's really beautiful down here not, not a problem at all not a problem um I, I i took it from your waving arms that you wanted to come inside i was i was busy diving for for pearls inside my pod here at the bottom of the ocean uh I, because i was wondering what you did i i thought maybe some gardening or i don't know I mean, diving for pearls is basically gardening okay. to the modern subaquatic man. Um, but I'm also I'm an avid fish watcher. I like to um, look at the the rainbow seahorses um, as they come out uh, yeah. every morning. Um, I keep a log, and I kind of you know when I when I surface, I can share that with the uh, with the RSPCA. Great. So they don't just do bird watching, but also fish watching. I didn't know that. Yeah, they do. They're, 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 they're known for their birds, but actually their, their real growth area um, okay. for the future is going to be fish. Yeah. It was, a, it was a really nice journey. I saw a lot of fish, seahorses, very cute, turtles. So, yeah. Yeah, lo lo lots and lots of turtles. Um, I like them. But I think, yeah, I think my, my favourite is um, probably the octopus. Uh, um, is, that, is that also the most seen fish or the most seen sea creature on your list um it's probably the least seen which is oh. why it's my favorite it's an uh, it's an elusive slippery character um some might say mm -hmm. but no i'm a big fan of an octopus they're, they're very intelligent um and they they have lots of arms um, and so i think can... they have three hearts as well well that would explain why they're so so compassionate um, but I know I just like that they have loads of arms. They can kind of um, serve me food and put films in the Blu-ray player uh, for me. So they're the perfect companions for a subaquatic layabout. Do you do some hugging with them as well? Sometimes. So many arms. Let's not go there. But what is your most seen fish? What is your number one? The one you've seen the most at the moment? Hmm, probably the, the angelfish. Those stripy ones with the sloping heads and the little nose. Uh, they're, I think they're, they're very nice. They're very colourful, very stripy. Um, they kind of they glow at night as well. Um, so it's like a little sea rave is happening out there. Um, so you save some energy as well. Yeah, I don't have any bulbs down here in my tank. Um, so the, the glow from them is just enough to remind me of the, the presence of biology and living things here in my very very lonely existence oh yeah but speaking of loneliness but at least you can watch some films there i watch lots of films um oh. 
I watch Blu-rays, uh, weirdly enough, don't work underwater. Um, that's why I harvest pearls. I make pearl rays. So yeah. it's a new type of material that can store even more um, footage um, and data on them. So oh. I can watch super, super high definition pearl rays down here in my uh, clam CR. And that's, that's what I do down here, in addition to uh, my other um, sea watching habits. Okay. And so is that why this time you recommend Life Aquatic by Wes Anderson? I did indeed. Um, there are many, many of the, the aforementioned creatures um, in the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. And I think it's just a very, very bright, jubilant, eccentric, silly, silly film. Um, and it's probably my, it's my favourite Wes Anderson. Is it? I was it wondering. Is. Interesting. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone what's happening in the film? I know it's not so easy to say, but give it a go. <laughs> There's quite a few things going on in it. Uh, okay, so Bill Murray uh, plays Steve Zissou, who is kind of like a famous aquatic explorer. Um, it's kind of like in this weird world where like people can be celebrities by being marine biologists, because he has a very big fan base, including like everyone on his ship has like the same uniform and these very distinctive like red bobble hats so he has lots of followers he releases these fake documentary films out into the world um and has like an avid fan club and all this stuff uh, so he's a bit of a, a marine celebrity mm. and the film is essentially about his search to to, to hunt and kill the elusive jaguar shark the jaguar mm. shark which killed his friend Esteban and we meet him as he's in the kind of clutches of grief and having a bit of an existential crisis and sort of crumbling as a man um, after his friend has died. And I suppose the other component of the plot, this really summarizes that script writing thing of like, there's what characters want and there's what characters need. So he wants to kill this jaguar shark, but what he really needs is to realize that he is, he can be a father figure to this estranged son who turns up um, called Ned, uh, who's played by Owen Wilson. So the, the true story is really about like fatherhood and him trying to accept that. Oh, yeah. And I hope your fish are real fish. I mean, the ones out here. Um, yes. Yeah, I think they're real. I mean, they are. there are candy-coloured crabs and all of these seahorses. But yeah, you're right. In, yeah. in the life aquatic, there are all these strange models of fish like they create mythical fish and made up fish and then have these little animatronic creatures so there are yeah these things called candy crabs that are like light bright red and strange jellyfish and it's all very very weird and imaginative but yeah but and, and very impressive that it's all stop motion yeah um, yeah yeah you can you can tell oh there's something weird going on This, the film has a really, really strange, like, visual style in a way, like, that I think that sh that summarizes. Like, it's it's quite realistic in, like, loads and loads of ways. And there's loads of, like, things they've shot on location in Italy. And, like, a lot of it's based on these, like, rocky islands and stuff in the sea. But then you have these, like, sort of fake stop-motion animals mm. and, um, like, obviously it being Wes Anderson, there's this like larger than life costuming and attention to art direction. Um, and you have these crazy sets as well. Like he, there's a yeah. couple of moments in the film where they use sets in a really obvious way. Uh, that's really, really cool. Yeah, especially when they show the boat. Let me tell you about my boat. 
Um, so yeah, when they introduce Steve Zissou's boat, um, Wes Anderson does it as like an entire cross section from a boat. So imagine you've just got a giant, he said he was inspired by, um, like children's sort of educational books where they'll give you like a cross section of a house or a boat or whatever in order to just show you the different rooms and explain them. Mm. And that's very much what happens here. It's, it's like they've cut this big model of a boat in half and it takes you through all of the rooms one by one. Um, it's a really, really cool technique. It's, it is an interesting film because I like the film a lot, but there is something, I don't know, there is something sinister always in those Wes Anderson films, and I never knew what it was. But I think it's a bit, because I'm normally very story-driven, so that's always the most important thing for me in a film. And I think with the story, I mean, it's a nice story, but I wouldn't watch the film just for the story, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's everything is... I mean, what you said, the love for detail when it comes to set designs and costumes, but also music. Um, this is, you can appreciate that so much, but when it comes to the characters, I mean, they are so stylized and I'm missing, there is a, a very good German word, it's called Sympathieträger, which Ooh. kind of means appealing figures. Mm -hmm. So I'm, if you know what I mean, so they are, to me, they are not really sympathieträger, so appealing figures. So it's a bit like, yeah, okay, if they die, okay, they die. And I yeah. think that's what I'm missing a little bit. But but apart from that, I'm appreciating everything else that's going on, if that makes sense, dear neighbor. It does indeed. I think that is true of Wes Anderson in general, really. Um, like, I know that there are people who really don't get on with his films, and I'm I'm not completely sold on him. There is a, there's a strange kind of not chilliness, but you're right. There's like there's there's usually like lots of really quirky things going on, but at the at the heart of a lot of Wes Anderson films, they're often quite sort of sad or a mm. bit like downbeat. Yeah. Like, and it's quite it's a strange combination given like how bright and visually um, extravagant yes. they are, but they're usually about like loss or people who are depressed or like and and there is a, a bit of a distance with the characters sometimes i mean i think the reason that the life aquatic works for me so well is that it's so not it's so plainly not based in reality where like that can sometimes get a little bit sort of heavy like te the royal tenenbaums which is a, a fantastic movie that's a, a better mm. movie than the life aquatic but the life aquatic is my favorite uh it's an important distinction i think but I think when they're in realistic settings, he can get a little bit more somber. And I think yeah. that this stays kind of just silly, like all the way through. But you're right. There's not really anyone you can empathize with. Maybe Ned, the sun figure, because he's the person who comes into the ship. So he's the closest to like being an audience uh, surrogate. True, true. Um, but no, I, I, yeah, I totally get your point. There's a stagey kind of distance thing going on. Exactly. I, I, I watched a, a, a guy on YouTube and he says he keeps watching Life Aquatic over and over again. <laughs> and whenever he watches it, he sees something different, not just in the design or something like that, but he can relate to a different character every time he watches it, depending on where he is in his life. So that was a really interesting uh, point. It feels a bit like um, Kafka's metamorphosis or something like that, because every time I read that, depending on where I am in my life, I interpret it a little bit differently. But it was interesting to hear that people are doing that with Life Aquatic. And I think he watches it every other week or something like that. <laughs> 
I mean, that's a that's a super fan right there. That's um, not you. <laughs> yeah, so it, it felt a little bit like he's using life aquatic like the Bible. <laughs> New concept. Yeah, I, I read something because I have this special DVD of Life Aquatic and I read something and I really like that because this is really what says everything about Wes Anderson films. Um, so he says about his drawing. I had three different types of drawings that I would obsessively draw. One was trees giant trees that people lived in with people doing motorcycle jumps on one branch, a swimming pool built on another branch, elevators in the trunk and a helipad. I think that says it all. That is like Wes Anderson films. I like that. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely someone who is really, he likes like architecture and like imaginary architecture like that just shows like he wants to he wants to make and draw like whatever he comes up with in his head and he wants to like combine very different things like at the center of nearly every Wes Anderson film there's like a, an interesting house like that like or, or in this case an interesting boat but like he definitely uh yeah kind of <laughs> feels like someone who draws things first and I believe his brother yes was a lot of uh, the concept art for his films and like some of it's used on the walls in a lot of his films. Um, it's so funny because in this booklet, there is an interview with him and his brother, Eric, and he said, oh, I only started drawing in my mid twenties. So it feels a bit like, oh yeah, we just do it. And then something comes out of it. it I, I like the approach a lot. And then they are, especially Wes in his directing, it's so much about detail. But yeah. it's never, I think it's never in a... I don't know, it, it doesn't seem like he's like a control freak over yes, everything. Yeah. He, lets things, he lets things go. Like mm. he's, he's very open to, like everything looks so designed, but he'll happily change it, I guess. I think it would be really fun to be on set with him. Yeah. And because we're also talking about another not so cheerful <laughs> submarine film in a minute, Das Boot, um, and I watched the making of Life Aquatic, and I watched the making of Das Boot, and it couldn't be more different. So, guys, listeners, if you want to watch two different approaches, if you want to watch two different making offs, watch those two making offs. Although I have to say, the other one is forty years happened forty years ago, okay, but it was not as cheerful as Life Aquatic. I just want to mention that. If you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts or would like to get involved as a volunteer, please email us at info at depthedcinema.org. Is that a whale? Is that a whale out there? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Henry. He um, he sits and just kind of rolls around um, doing little barrel rolls um, outside my tank. Um, sometimes I feed him a little bit of lettuce. Actually, is he, is that the one from Life Aquatic? He looks very, very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, well, this is the real one. Um, in the Life Aquatic, there's a scene where a whale kind of spins around, but that's a projection. It's a film projection, and it was a film projection of, of Henry right here. Oh, Henry. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. So there are celebrities swimming out there. Yeah, yeah, but he hasn't been able to collect his royalties, unfortunately, because he's a whale. Uh classic hollywood yeah i would love to keep talking about life aquatic but unfortunately 
we need to talk about the other film, as mentioned, not as cheerful. <laughs> and dear listeners, I have to say, this time I recommended that film to my neighbor, but I haven't watched it and my neighbor had to watch it and now he recommends it back. It is a little bit confusing. Well, I'm glad that I can actually recommend it because it feels like you are um, less enthusiastic about Das Boot. Um, yeah, I really, before we start, I have to talk about my two traumas I have because of that film. And I would like to mention I haven't even seen it. But the first trauma was back in 1992. There was a techno group called U96, same name as the submarine. And they had this song, Das Boot. So they used the original music from the film, the, that already scary song. And then they kept saying things like, Das Boot, or Emergency, which means emergency. Emergency, 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 Das Boot. Nora, are you okay? Are you okay? Come oh, back. Sorry, uh, something happened. Sorry. Yes, so that was a very, very creepy song. And the music video was everywhere on TV. And I thought, what is that song? What is that film? That is really very creepy. That's the first trauma. And the second one, I went to the Bavaria Film Studios in Munich, where they shot the film. And they have this submarine there and we walked through and it's very very narrow claustrophobic it's very scary and that's when i decided i will never watch that film <laughs> but because you recommend it now because i recommended it to you so you have to recommend it i have to watch it so what you've done is you've used me as a proxy to challenge yourself to watch <laughs> the film <laughs> because you secretly somehow want to get over this i guess <gasps> But um, shock therapy. Okay, so I think I can be kind enough to say that you only have to watch the two and a half hour theatrical cut rather than the three and a half hour director's cut that I watched. And listeners may know that there is a five hour miniseries version, you know, of the same film, not a remake, um, but using yeah. that footage, they created a five hour miniseries as well. That can never be enough both, right? Yeah. <laughs> What, what what would too much boot be in um, in German? Too viel boot. No, that's not as snappy as das boot. No, actually, did you, did you watch it in German or in English? I did watch it in German. I'm uh, I'm not a monster. Okay, so dear neighbor, tell us what cheerful story lies underneath the boot. Well, I had no idea what I was in for, apart from that this is, was quite a large film with quite like a reputation, and I knew that it was long. So I was surprised straight off the bat with this film, because while heavy going, it does a really good job of like throwing you into like the everyday lives of like very, very young soldiers, as they're basically just like partying at this brothel like they're just having this raucous party and they are all so unbelievably drunk 
um, and they're like urinating on cars of like officers as they pass by and like smashing bottles. Um, and they, they're coming out of the bathroom after being sick and they look like pale. They look like as if they'd come back from a war, but they haven't. This, these are the new recruits who are just about they to They deserve to be in that boat. <laughs> I think it's meant to have the opposite dramatic effect in that you're meant they to They don't deserve to be in that boat. <laughs> These are just kids. They don't deserve to be on that boat. But I like where you're going with this. <laughs> um, the um, so it's it's it does a really good job of kind of just going like these are kids who shouldn't be shipping out, and there's a kind of kind of uh, I don't know real juvenile um, atmosphere to sort of what's going on. So it has a really good job of setting this up, and it's a big theme throughout the movie. Um, they ship out on this U-boat, and to be honest, the first half of the film is them basically... There's not like a strong plot, it's kind of like life on the boat. And the the plot is essentially they've got to defend the waters, you know, stop English destroyers getting through and basically just destroy a few of them if they can. That's more than half of the film, and at which point they then get orders to go and do something specific which uh, I won't spoil, but um, that's where things take a bit of a turn. Um, but um, yeah, like it's it's a really interesting how much of the how much of it is devoted to like life on the ship, and there's just like fun stuff of them like you know me making cocktails out of like condensed milk and lemon and like mm -hmm. it really it looks horrible. It's it's not a it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, and like they're all there like rotting bread and like the everyday maintenance they have to do on the machines and there's all these steam gaskets going off and the whole boat's kind of creaking and it just feels so claustrophobic. But there's a lot of attention to just the day the day to day life. And then when things do kick off, it's a fantastically shot film. So. The, bet, the most interesting parallel between The Life Aquatic and, and Das Boot is what we mentioned about the this is my boat section, mm -hmm. where you get to see this cross section of Zisu's boats. This is exactly the opposite. In Das Boot, you are enclosed in this submarine and they seem to just have a guy on a steady cam just charging down the corridors, which are like tilted downwards and they're only wide enough for one person at a time. But I don't understand how the cameraman wasn't just slamming into people and slamming into doors and they probably were. It's, um, it's very interesting that you say that because you can see that in the making of it's unbelievable. It looks like they were all stuntmen jumping through those door, narrow doors and the, the cameraman was just behind them. Unbelievable. I'm not, I'm not surprised because there are sequences where it does feel like the camera is like jumping through hoops basically because of like yeah. how small the openings are. Um, but yeah, it's a really impressive feat of cinematography. And also like sound design, like while they're, while they're on this, in this boat, like all the, um, all the creaking and all the pressure, like pressure obviously plays a very big part. And because essentially what they have to do is made to feel so futile because basically they kind of just have to like let off some depth charges, you know, try and deal, do some damage to some ships. But then they just kind of have to dive and hide at really, really, you know, high density, low areas in the ocean. It kind of feels like they're sitting ducks, like they're just kind of waiting there to be bombed. And all the whole time, like all the creaking and everything is going on and nuts and bolts are pinging off of the mm. metalwork. And uh, it's a really very oppressive um, atmosphere. Emergency. Um, just saying that. Yeah, and because watching the making of, so Wolfgang Petersen, the director, uh, he said, yeah, 
we wanted it to look as authentic as possible. So they really had that model of the U-boat mm. and those actors, they were in that U-boat for seven months. <laughs> so it, it wasn't just claustrophobic on screen, it was claustrophobic for the actors as well. That sounds really unpleasant. And there's a whole section of the film where they're trying to fix the U-boat. And that must have been horrible because, like, they're basically just, like, in the guts of the machinery, underwater, like, trying and passing buckets of water backwards and forwards and wrenches and spanners. And, like, it, yeah, it must have been one of the most, one of the most unpleasant uh, films to actually be a participant in, I'd imagine. Definitely. So, yeah. So that's why I would prefer to be in... In the Wes Anderson team. Um, yeah. Anyway, Wolfgang Petersen, he also did the never-ending story. I just want to mention that because in the Bavaria Film Studios, you know where this boat is? There's also Fuchur yeah. from the never-ending story. So that was a really nice thing to see and to sit on Fuchur's back. Well, the never-ending story is a very, very good uh, alternate title for the five-hour cut of Das Boot. I really don't want to drive back home now because then I have to watch this boot. Okay, what can I do to kill some time down here? Hmm. Hmm. There's Henry. I've got an idea. He likes anchovies and fjord games. He likes making spew spew for his friends and spending Sundays in his bath pot. But most importantly, He's an orca, and he recommends krills. Hey Henry, oh, thanks so much for inviting me to your lovely home. Before we start talking about krills, so you were in Life Aquatic. May I get an autograph? Thank you for listening to the Deptford Cinema Podcast. For more information about our current online activities, please visit our website, www depthfordcinema.org Depthford Cinema The right place for film lovers Das Boot